What a great time of worship we had. One more time, let's put our hands together for Jesus Christ, who is worthy of our honor and love and respect and appreciation. Jesus, we praise you with everything that we have. This is the part of our Sunday gathering where we read from the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts. I'd like to read one verse uh, and then pray and then read the rest of the verses. And the verse I want to read is Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Then I'm going to pray and I speak to you uh, from, from the subject, um, which I will introduce in a moment. This is what Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 says. I baptize you with water. By the way, this is John the Baptist speaking. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say fire. fire. He will baptize you, who? Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus will baptize you. John is saying, there's a day coming where Jesus will baptize. Baptize, the word baptize means to immerse, to marinate, completely immerse. He will immerse you, marinate you, completely soak you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What on earth is that? What's fire? I know who the Holy Spirit is, but if I have Jesus in my life, I am promised that not only is the gift of the Holy Spirit available to me, that it is the intention of Jesus to baptize me with, Holy, with the Holy Spirit and fire. Today I want to talk about the fire of God. And you might not know what that is, but I'm hoping by the end of today, you will know what it is. And more importantly, you would have felt and experienced what the fire of God is. We are a church that believes that God baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I want to take a few moments to talk about what that is, because once the fire of God is on our lives, once you are marinated, soaked, immersed, completely drenched in the fire of God, your life can never be the same again. I promise you that. I promise you that. It is so infectious and it changes absolutely everything. John introduces Jesus as the baptizer of the Holy Spirit and the baptizer of fire. Let's pray. Father, today in the name of Jesus, by the end of our gathering today, I thank you that there will be people here today that's baptized in fire and baptized in the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your, 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 your will and your desire is to do that for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read a bit more uh, from the Bible just to explain what this concept is. So we're going to start in uh, Acts chapter 2, starting from verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. At the sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God and were all amazed and perplexed saying to one another what does this mean but others mockingly said they are filled with new vine, new wine but Peter standing with the eleven lifted up his voice and addressed them men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem let this be known to you and give ear to my words for these people are not drunk as you suppose because it's only the third hour of the day I wonder if some people have walked into our church and felt the same There's something wrong with these guys. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men will see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even though my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, the signs on the earth below, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, I I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the parts of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on the throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you yourself are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend to heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. That all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, what? The promise of the Holy Spirit is for you 
and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. Those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. This is what happened when the Holy Spirit inaugurated the first church meeting. This was the first church meeting in history when the Holy Spirit came upon a room that were Uh, It was called the upper room. They were upstairs. There was 120 people there. The Holy Spirit came upon the church as was promised and prophesied, as you read by David, Joel, many others. And uh, as the Holy Spirit came, the Bible says, tongues of fire descended on them. God gave them ability to speak in other languages. People thought they were drunk because there were people from all over the world that were there at the time. Peter stands up. This Peter, just about 50 days earlier, had denied Jesus and said, I don't even know who this man is. I don't know him. And he cursed, the Bible says. This man stands up, preaches a a sermon, quotes the Old Testament to talk about how God's desire is to give the promise of the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to the previous slide. Look who he wants to give it to. Verse 39, he wants to give it to you, to your children And all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. The promise of the Holy Spirit is not for a select few. It's not for pastors alone. It's not just for people who stand on the the stage. The promise of the Holy Spirit and fire is for you, for your children, and everybody that is far off, and everyone that the Lord calls to himself. This is what is called, what we call, the new covenant. That means God came and established something new. The old covenant was also established and inaugurated by fire. The law, the Bible says, was given to the nation of Israel through a man called Moses. We're going to read his story, just 10 verses. And this is what it says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. There it is, out of the burning bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will not turn aside to see this great sight. Why is the bush burning? The Lord said, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see God, called him out of the bush, saying, Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near, take off your sandals, off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Verse 5 again, then he said, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you will bring my people, the children of Israel, out. Moses, uh, through whom the Bible says we received the law, was also called 
in the context of fire. In the new covenant, when the Holy Spirit came, the Bible says it came with fire. John the Baptist introducing Jesus said, He is the one who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I have to take a moment to explain why you are qualified to receive the Holy Spirit and fire. The old covenant that was inaugurated by fire. Moses came uh, and uh, and came and gave the law to Israel in chapter Exodus chapter 32 verse 15 and 16. This is what it says that he came down uh, from the mountain had two tablets of testimony in his hand tablets that were written on both sides on the front and on the back they were written the tablets were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God engraved on tablets everybody say engraved on tablets the law of God was engraved on tablets this is Exodus what chapter chapter 32 on the same day, the guy comes down on the mountain. Look at verse 28. We're going to jump to verse 28. And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And that day, about 3,000 men died. They died. On that day, 3,000 men died. We just read in Acts chapter 2, the day the Holy Spirit inaugurated the new covenant, 3,000 people were saved and baptized. When the law came, death came. But when the new covenant came, life came. And we want to say as a church, we are people who believe not in the written code. We don't worship a tablet. We don't worship a stone. We don't worship an idol. But the life of God is here. The fire of God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And when he is here, he doesn't bring death. He brings life. He brings life. The day the law was given, 3,000 people died. The day the Holy Spirit was given, 3,000 people were saved. Um, I love perhaps the best contradiction or the best contrast of the two fires, of the two covenants, of the two ages is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And I'd love for us to go through this line by line and then I'll say what, uh, what I mean about the fire of God. Paul says, he has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Everybody say new covenant. New covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives what? Life. Now, if the ministry of death, everybody say ministry of death. Imagine I'm going to Paul, and uh, this is my friend Paul, and I ask him, hey man, what do you do for a living? And he says, uh, well, what I do is this, I have the ministry of death. Would you want to hang around him? Would you want to be his friend? Would you want him to pray for you? Would you want him even in your house? I wouldn't. Why would I want to hang around somebody who carries the ministry of death? What is the ministry of death? The Bible says, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone. See, in the old covenant, there were many laws, hundreds of laws, thousands of laws. But there was only one set of laws that was carved on letters of stone. That was the Ten Commandments that we read in Exodus chapter 32. And Paul to the Corinthian church looks at the Ten Commandments, calls it the ministry of death. How sacrilegious. How would you even use that language to describe the Ten Commandments? Why was it the ministry of death? Because in the old covenant, God demanded, you will do this. You will love God. You should live right. You should live right. You should live right. You should not sin. You should not sin. 
So people looked at God and said, okay, we're going to try and do that. They tried to live without sin. They couldn't and they failed. They said, oh gosh, the law says we must not sin. So they tried to live without sin and they failed. And they said, oh gosh, I'm living in shame now. I'm going to try live without sin. And it kept going. And it was a vicious circle of trying and shame and trying and shame. Because the Lord taught us that this is what God demanded it. But it didn't empower us to live according to the standards of God. So God himself looked at that standard and said, hey, this is just killing you because you're trying your level best to live according to my standards, but there is no power to live the way that God wants to live. So in the new covenant, God doesn't come with a demand. He comes with a supply. He says, here's my grace. Here's my spirit. Here's my fire. Now you can love your enemies. Now you can overcome sin. Now you can live a righteous and holy life. Now you can give generously. Now you can overcome addiction, not because God demands it, but now he supplies the grace and the Holy Spirit for you to live the life that you need to live. We are people of the new covenant. We are people of life. We are people of the Holy Spirit. And we are people of fire. The law demands, but the grace of God supplies strength to the weak and the weary. And the Holy Spirit is available for all of us to live the life that God wants us to live. The ministry of death. What? The Ten Commandments. Carved in letters on stone. I am so glad that Paul qualified what he meant by the ministry of death. Because of all of the law in the world, there is only one set of laws that were carved on letters of stone. We just read about it in Exodus chapter 32. Carved in letters on stone, which came with such glory. So the old covenant came with glory. God is not denying that. That the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end. Verse 8. Will not the ministry of spirit have even more glory? There are people who will read the book of Exodus and say, Oh man, that must have been amazing. Moses went up on the mountain and he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. The guy didn't eat, the guy didn't drink. And God came and with his own finger carved on two tablets, the Ten Commandments. Ah God, it will be amazing if you take our church back to that day. No, we don't want to go back there. That is the ministry of death. That's the ministry of condemnation. That's the glory that has come to pass. I'll explain to you. You ever be, if you're a Christian and if you ever think, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live God. I'm gonna live for God. And then one, one week you get to a week and then you read your Bible right and you pray right and you tithe right and you forgive your enemies. Man, doesn't it feel good? You feel, man, how you do? I'm on fire for God. Here's the problem. After a while it fades, doesn't it? It fades. And you think, where did that go? Why? Because every time you strive to be like God, there is a glory that comes. But that glory is about to go. Let me tell you a better experience than Moses being on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. On a Sunday morning, come to Beacon Church. This is where the spirit is. This is where the life is. This is where the fire is. Because we believe now, not in a God who demands, but a God who supplies grace. And a God who supplies the Holy Spirit for us to live the life that God wants us to live. Verse 9, this is what it says. If there was glory in the ministry of condemnation. Coming back to my example, and I meet Paul again and say, hey Paul, it's been a while since I've met you. Um, what do you do now for a living? He says, oh no, I've increased my portfolio. Now I carry the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation. Would you want to be his friend? I wouldn't. 
the law. The, Paul is introducing the law as the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation. If there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. Verse 11. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, how much more will what is permanent have glory? Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. Verse 14. But their minds were hardened for to this day when they read the old covenant that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now, the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. His Spirit brings freedom. It brings glory. And it brings fire. And I want to encourage you. If you are here today and you are valuating yourself on the basis of the Ten Commandments and say, I'm probably not a good candidate to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm not probably a good candidate to receive the fire of God. Why? Because the law says, I should not, I should, I should not, I should, I should not, I should. And when I evaluate myself against the law of God, man, do I fall short or what? Well, if you evaluate yourself based on the law of God, you are a candidate for a temporary glory that has come to pass. It is called the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation. But if you come to God and say, it's not by my works, it's not by my performance, it's not by my prayer life, it's not by my faith, it's not by my perfection, but because of Jesus Christ who has taken on my case and taken on all my sin and shame and guilt and condemnation. And if you will stand in the presence of God and look to Him and say, you're righteousness not mine then the gift of the holy spirit and fire is yours is yours you qualify for it it becomes yours because you're now not referring to the old covenant that brought death and condemnation you're saying i can't i can't i can't live like god it's not like living for god is hard living for god is impossible it's not possible for humans to live like God. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And we need fire. So what does the fire do? Number one. The fire is the great drawer of people. Did you notice that it, both in Moses' case. And in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Moses was just minding his business looking after sheep. He saw fire upon a tree. It was not being burned. It says he turned aside and said I must go and see what this is i must go and see what this is in acts chapter 2 there 120 people were praying and praising and worshiping god upstairs the bible says men and women from all over the world were there and they were drawn and said what on earth is this what is the fire of god the fire of god is the supernatural ability god gives you to attract people to yourself the power of attraction 
the power of attraction. I think, well, why, why do I want to attract people to myself? I want to attract people to God. It sounds like a very religious, pious, and a very humble statement. I don't want anyone to be attracted to me. I just want everybody to be attracted to God. Here's the problem. God has designed it that he needs you to, so that people can know about God. You are the conduit on earth for the spirit of God to work. So if they are repelled by you, they're surely not going to hear the words that come out of your mouth. And the fire of God creates an attractiveness about you that will cause people to be drawn and say, what is it about you? I need to talk to you. I need to know what's going on in your world. And when you have that open door, you can become the conduit through the grace of God, the power of God, the blessing of God will flow through you. I promise you by the end of today, I prophesy in Jesus' name, some of you will be so baptized by fire that when you turn up at work, people will look at you and say... Pray for me. I don't know why. I need to just come to you and tell you about my problems. Pray for me. What is it about you? You're different. You're not like the others. Some of you know what it's like when you have followed Jesus. You turn up at work and you haven't even opened your mouth. You haven't told them you're a Christian. You haven't told them you go to Beacon Church. You haven't told them you read the Bible. But people come to you and say, what is it about you? There's something different about you. I don't know what it is. I just feel like I need to share my problems with you. I don't know what it is. Are you a Christian? Will you pray for me? I know it's not correct and it's, it's not, there's laws against doing that. But there is no law if people come to you and ask you in the first place. So you're not going out and saying, hey, I'm a Christian. All of you need to follow Jesus. But if they come to you and say, I don't know what you have, but I need it. Whenever I'm around you, I feel peace. Whenever I'm around you, I feel joy. Whenever I'm around you, I feel like I have clarity. And you haven't even opened your mouth and told them that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You know why that is? Because the fire of God is on you the fire of God is a drawer of people and I will believe in Jesus name that as beacon church God has established us in Bury St. Edmunds to be a beacon of fire people will be drawn to the north and the south and the east and the west because the fire of God is here the fire of God is here the fire of God is here it is the thing that draws people for a moment, I want to prophesy over every person that has a business or is launching a business or wants to launch a business in the future. The fire of God. May the fire of God bring clients and attract orders and contracts in the name of Jesus. May the supernatural fire of God attract everything that needs to be attracted so you can create wealth and build a legacy for your children's children. And you can build the kingdom of God by giving to it. For every person that is looking for promotion at work. May you be baptized by fire today so that you will be promoted and that you will have money for your children's children and money to invest in the kingdom of God. The fire of God brings the spirit of attraction. Clap your hands and receive that if you know that that is something that you have for your life. It is the fire of God. The fire of God. Number two, the fire of God deals with all the guilt in your past. It deals with it. The guy Moses, who inaugurated the first covenant, a few days ago, he had actually fled the country he grew up in because he had just killed somebody. He was a murderer. The guy who inaugurated the second covenant, Peter, just a few days ago, 
He had just used explicit language to curse and tell people, I have no idea who Jesus is. I've never met him in my life. Yet both men encountered the fire. And when you encounter the fire, not only will you have boldness to stand and say, my past, whether it's murder, whether it's even rejecting Jesus himself, but the fire of God gave both people confidence. Moses became the leader of the group of people that followed the old covenant, the nation of Israel. And Peter became the first pastor of the first church in Jerusalem. And the Bible says when everybody in Jerusalem were wondering, these guys are drunk, what are they doing? He said, Peter stood up amongst the eleven. And he said, this Jesus whom you crucified, God has attested him to be both Lord and Savior. You know, if you've got some, you know, you know, some friends, they're not really happy for you. They pretend they're happy for you. He stood up among the eleven. In case he had such friends among the eleven, one of them probably looking at him going, who is this guy? Like a few days ago, we just heard him curse, saying he didn't even know who Jesus was. Now he wants to be the pastor of the church. Guess what? 3,000 people got saved and baptized. Why? Because the fire of God deals with your guilt. It deals with your shame. It deals with your past. And even if everybody knows your story, you can stand in the midst of them and still declare that Jesus is Lord. I don't know who this is for, but today some of you are going to walk through your past, walk through your shame, walk through your guilt, walk through your story, and you're going to stand and declare that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. That's why when we come to church, nobody should ever condemn you. If you've walked into our community and somebody has ever come up to you and said, Hey, you're a Christian. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be behaving that way. Come and speak to me. Come and speak to me. Because it is not the ministry of condemnation that we're after. We are after the ministry of life. We are here to give the ministry of life. We want you to walk free from sin because you feel the fire of God in you and the Holy Spirit empowering you to walk free from sin. Not some sort of condemnation that will guilt you into walking the right life. That only brings death and condemnation. But we are people who bring life. If you are grateful that even though you've made lots of mistakes in your past, but in the presence of the fire of God, all your guilt and shame has been washed clean, give Jesus a shout out of praise right now you are clean you are clean guilt-free shame-free standing on full of the fire of god the fire of god brings and deals with guilt and deals with shame in a way nothing else can what else does the fire of god do the fire of god not only deals with your past but it affirms your present. It affirms your present. God says to Moses, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. God speaks to uh, Peter and says, hey, I'm calling you to go and feed my sheep. I want to say to you, God is not disqualifying you because of your past. God's not disqualifying you or punishing you because of your past. You must understand the difference between disqualification and discipline. 
The Bible says God disciplines us. And it's, sometimes it's painful because the Father disciplines those whom He loves. Discipline is the empowerment God gives you so that you can correct what needs to be corrected. But, but, but disapproval or disqualification is, 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 is penalty for the wrongs that you have done. The penalty system has been dealt with on the cross. You will no longer have any penalty for anything you have done because either Jesus paid for it or he did not. And we're going to believe that Jesus paid it all on the cross. And we have to submit, of course, to the discipline of God. The Bible says that is sometimes painful because a father disciplines those whom he loves and and he will discipline us, but never disqualify us. And I'm saying in prophetically, and I'm seeing in the spirit, and I sense God saying, God is going to affirm some of you in the present today by the fire of God. New ministries are being launched in church today. New gifts are being released to people today. New destinies are being released into people's hearts today. Marriages are being healed today. Sicknesses are being healed today. Why? The fire of God affirms the present. And I don't know if you are here, if you are here and you can feel the fire of God. You don't know what it is. You don't have language for it. For some of you, it will feel like faith in your heart. For some of you, it will feel like goose pimples on your skin. For some of you, it will feel like warmth in your body. For some of you, it will feel like cold water being poured. Some of you might not feel anything, but I encourage you to open your mouth and praise him because the fire of God is here to release destinies, to affirm the present, to do only what God can do. The fire, the fire, the fire of God is here. It is here. It affirms the present. So Moses, even though he was a murderer, became the leader of Israel. Peter, even though he was a backslider and somebody who cursed Jesus himself, became the first pastor of the first church in Jerusalem. I wonder what God can do with your life if you would yield to the fire of God. I wonder what God can do with your life if you just had the discipline to be connected to Beacon Church. Because we're a community that follows after the fire and the new covenant. Not the ministry of death and condemnation, but the glorious ministry, the ministry of righteousness that brings life and fire. I want to encourage you, whenever you have an opportunity, serve in the church. Whenever you have an opportunity, come and listen to the word. Word of God. Whenever you have an opportunity, bring your tithes and offerings. You cannot be half in and half out. This is not going to work that way. You're either all in or all out. And I want to encourage you, if you are all in, there is a baptism of fire that God wants to give for your life. And he will do exceedingly, abundantly, way more than you can ever ask or imagine in your life. That's what the fire of God does. It brings life. And it affirms the present. What does it do? It not only forgives your past, not only does it affirm the present, but it launches you into your future. God says to Moses, I am sending you to Pharaoh. Peter says, hey, get these 3,000 people baptized. Perhaps you are here today and you're anxious about your future. How is it going to turn out? What am I meant to do in life? Am I making the right decisions? Did I make the right decisions? If I'm meant to be a leader in Israel, how can I with my past? I'm just stagnant not knowing what's next. 
I want to say to you, the fire of God breaks the stagnation over your life and launches you into every good future that God has for your life. If you're here today and you are afraid of your future, confused about your future, concerned about your future, I want to promise you, you don't have to be. The one who loves you wants to baptize you today with Holy Spirit and fire. And when you are baptized in the fire of the Holy Spirit, you will be amazed at what God can do in your life. I remember the very first time as a kid, I was painfully shy. Anytime any visitors came home, I would run from the living room into my room, lock the door because I didn't even have the confidence to face people. When I was 16 years old, I remember for the first time getting the opportunity to read a verse, one verse from the Bible through the microphone to to my school. It was a Christian school and I was so nervous that uh, I remember as I was going up to the microphone, I I could hear a sound like this what's this disturbance and I look down it's literally my knees knocking against each other because I'm so nervous that I have to read one verse through the Bible I remember the year before that when I was 14 two years before that when I was 14 I was in school and and some of my some of my friends knew that I was a Christian and they said oh you're a Christian you should come to the Christian Union which is basically like a, a lunch club where Christian students would meet and pray and I was like oh my goodness this guy knows I'm a Christian and uh, now what am I going to do so I went along very ashamed, um, hoping nobody would see me. And I snuck in. And, I, and you know, when I wanted, it was one of those meetings where the person in the front would just randomly pick on you to pray. And I'm hoping that I don't give eye contact. And I'm looking down thinking, I hope he doesn't pick on me. And uh, the first prayer happened. He didn't pick on me. The second prayer happened. He stands in front and goes, now Sujith will pray for us. So I put on a brave face. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to pray. So I just prayed. And then I was so embarrassed. And then the next prayer, and thankfully, one of the things Christians do when they pray is they close their eyes. The next prayer, where every eye was closed, I ran out of the room and never went back again. That was me. That was me. But one day, on the 19th of October, 1999, I felt the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. There is something God can do about your future that is contrary to your own nature, contrary to your own strength, contrary to your own education. You don't need the right education or the right temperament or the right personality or the right fit. When the fire of God comes upon your life, there is nothing God can't do. There is nothing He cannot do. Today, if you want God to launch you into the future that he has for you, lift your hands and say, thank you for the fire. Thank you for baptizing me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for launching me into the perfect will and plan of God. Father, today we thank you that you are Jesus Christ who baptizes us with Holy Spirit and fire. We receive it by faith today in Jesus' name. And we thank you that you baptize us with fire. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we have received the gift of God. We have receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Church, listen to me. The Bible says if evil fathers know how to give good gifts to children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given to you, not depending on your holiness. It's depend, is given to you depending on the Father's goodness. Father is good, so he wants to give you the Holy Spirit. How do we receive it? We receive it by faith. How do we activate faith? The best way to activate faith for a child of God is to give him praise. Give him praise if you know you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. If he's baptized you with fire, Father, we worship you. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of fire. Lastly, the fire reveals God's ongoing agenda for your life, for your nation, for your community. God comes to Moses and says, I have heard the cries of my people Israel. I've heard. Moses, now I'm sending you to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. So God was planning this all along. Have you ever had a friend come to you and throw you a surprise or watched a video online where somebody was throwing you a surprise? You walk into the room and you're oblivious. Everybody shouts, surprise. And then you ask the question, how long has this been going on for? He said, oh, we've been planning this for two weeks. It was so hard to keep it under wraps. Both Moses and Peter experienced something similar. For nearly 400 years, God had been planning to get the people of Israel out of Egypt. God turns up to Moses and says, Surprise! You're my solution for a million cries that have been up, going up in Egypt. God turns up to Peter and says, you're the pastor in Jerusalem now. Me? How, how long has this plan been going on for? That's a surprise. He says, I've been planning it from the time Joel prophesied it. From then, it was written in Joel. There's a day coming where he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. In both cases, when the fire of God came upon the men, it not only changed them, it changed the community they were in, it changed the families they were in, it changed the towns they were in, and it changed the nations they were representing. The nation of Israel was never the same again because of Moses. And the church world is never the same again because of Peter. Here we are in Bury St. Edmunds. People from Britain, in America, Malaysia, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, Ghana, the United States, people from Poland, all represented here worshipping Jesus Christ because fire of God fell on one man that said I don't even know who Jesus is let me tell you something church in the context of what's going on in our country there can be another 23 prime ministers in the next 23 days but if the fire of God is upon this church, something good is going to happen to our country. Something good is going to happen to our land. Something good is going to happen to our community. Something good is going to happen in our world today. Yes, it's true that we might be on the verge of World War III. Yes, it's true that Putin might want to launch nuclear weapons into Western and Eastern Europe. Yes, it's true that many countries are so divisive 
and so, so, so in two camps. And some people want to leave the European Union. Some people want to live here, stay here. Some people voting conservative. Some people voting Labour. Some people voting Democrat. Some people voting Republican. Some people are voting this and that. They're pro this against that. Do not get swept up into all of the news. There is a higher king that we report to. His name is Jesus Christ. He is still on the throne. He is still in control. He is still in charge of your life. Do not be alarmed when you hear about wars or rumors of wars. Do not be alarmed, the Bible says, when all sorts of things go on in the world. You just have to look up and look at your Redeemer. He is standing there saying, I want to baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. And because of the fire of God on our community, your family are blessed. Your children are blessed. Your children's children are blessed. And this nation is blessed. It's blessed. It's blessed. Here we are in Bury St. Edmunds worshipping Jesus. Because the fire of God fell in an upper room in Jerusalem. Speaking in tongues. How did that happen? God is not concerned whether Israel was under Roman slavery at the time. That's what it was happening at the time. Um, Israel was, was, a, was a colony of Rome. God didn't go, yeah, I need to come and do something with Caesar. No. He just came to the church and gave them fire. <laughs> do you know what the solution to the political instability of a nation is? Fire. Do you know what the solution for the recession that's going to hit the country is? Fire. Do you know what the solution is to the chaos that we see in our systems and the world today? Fire. Do you know why when they report on the break on the news that the NHS is at breaking point and you are forced to fear your future? What's going to happen to my health? What's going to happen to my children? When they force statistics down your throat and tell you this is the way the world is going this is the way children are going to go this is the way the curriculum is going all of that is true my friend but I want to encourage you look up, look up, look up there is a one that wants to baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire and the fire of God on our lives will lead the way the fire of God on our lives will lead the way there's one last thing I want to say, and we're going to pray. And some of you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time today. When Moses, Paul, come, you'll kind of look like Moses with your beard. Go stand there. Stand that way. Isn't that a fine-looking Moses? Moses looks at the fire. And this is, this is what God says. Moses, keep a distance. Take off your shoes. The place you're standing is holy ground. In the new covenant, God says, come to me. All who are weak and heavy laden, come. Just come. Come. In fact, in fact... In fact, the newest member of Beacon Church, by the way, is Victor's daughter. Victor had a baby girl, Audrey, just the other day. Audrey can come. But let the little children come to me. Let them come. But does, has Audrey repented? She doesn't know what repentance is. She doesn't even know how to say milk. She read the Bible. She doesn't know what she no, but let it come. They belong here. When the fire fell in the old covenant, God's word was, stay away. 
Stay away. Take off your shoes. I don't want anything unclean in my presence. The place you're standing is holy ground. In the new covenant, Jesus speaks by his spirit through Peter. Thank you, Paul. Says this promise is for you, for your children. Watch this. And everybody who is far off. Can we put that verse up? Acts chapter 2, verse 39. This promise is for you, for your children, and for everybody who is far off. For the promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. You feel far off today? Well, the fire of God is for you. You're worried about your children? The fire of God is for your children. Actually, the fire of God is for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Today, we're going to pray that God will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Even if you've been baptized before with the Holy Spirit, the Bible promises that, that He is of God who is willing to come and fill us again and again. By fire, He will deal with your past, affirm your present, launch you into your future, create in you a spirit of attraction. I promise you, people who are belonging to our community that believe in the new covenant, you will have supernatural promotion at work because it is God's will, the Bible says, for you to live an inheritance for your children and your children's children. It is God's will for you to invest in the kingdom of God. Why will God not back his agenda? It is God's will for you to live in prosperity. It is God's will for you to live in good health. It is God's will for you to attract people to you so you can tell them how good Jesus is. Bring them to church. Bring your friends. If you don't have friends, how are you going to bring them to church? You're going to have friends so you can bring them to church so that they can hear the gospel to for a moment if you want to see the fire of God activated in your life we're going to activate the fire now stand in the presence of God and we're going to pray that God will activate the fire of God on your life Shade if you can play Victor if you can also just start playing in the background this is what we're going to do we're going to do this the promise of God is for you for your children and for everybody who is far off who does that include say it includes me it includes me the promise is for you for your children and for all those who are far off who does that include it includes me it includes me now you don't have to beg you don't have to plead you don't have to twist God's arm you just need to do two things one Open your mouth and say, just like a small child would speak to a father and say, Father, baptize me again with the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on, ask him. Baptize me again with Holy Spirit and fire. And number two, after you have asked, this is what the Bible says. After you have asked, you must believe that you have received it. Because every time you pray according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, he will answer us. And so when we receive things by faith, we receive it by triggering our faith. 
and we trigger our faith by giving God a praise. In a moment, we're going to break out in a praise in this room. Those of you who have the gift of other languages, other tongues, I want to encourage you to speak it. Those of you who are going to speak that, you're going to see new languages and new tongues being given. Some of you are going to sleep tonight and receive the gift of dreams. Some of you are going to stand up and you're going to have boldness like you never had before. Some of you are going to speak in tongues for the first time today. For some of you, shame is going to walk off your back. For some of you, affirmation is going to come to your present. For some of you, you're going to be launched into your future. For some of you, an attraction is going to come. Praise Him. There's one minute gone, two minutes left. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands in the holy place. Come on, in the old covenant, if servants can lift their hands, then in the new covenant, sons can lift our hands, sons and daughters can. Let's lift our hands. Now may God bless you. May he keep you. May you enjoy and experience the fire of God. May your past never bother you. May your present be affirmed in God. May your future be bright and prosperous. May you attract many to your life. That they may enjoy the goodness of God through you. 
May your children and your children's children and your children's children's children serve the Lord. May you be the reason why this nation is blessed. And may you go forth knowing that Jesus baptizes you with Holy Spirit and fire. In Jesus' name, amen. Give a shout of praise to Jesus this morning.